Ah, it's a very good morning to you. Monday, the 29th of January. It's just gone 7.04 a.m. And there is so much sport going on in the world. Yesterday was one of those days. It was upset day in the world of test cricket. Test cricket is alive and well. The West Indies beating Australia at the Gabba. A historic event. The first time since 1997 they've won against Australia on home soil. Good morning to everyone listening on SEN 11.70am here in Sydney as we're filling in for Vossi and Brandy. And, oh man, everyone else across the SEN network as well. Uh, but oh, let's start this hour, MC. If you went to bed last night and it was two sets to love Medvedev over Yannick Sinner at the Australian Open men's final, you might not have caught the fact that Yannick Sinner has pulled off one of the upset upsets uh, of Australian Open men's final history last night. I mean, it was absolutely magic. Here is Sinner speaking after the win. Everyone who is watching from home, um, especially my family, I, I wish that everyone could have um, my parents because they always let me, let me choose whatever I wanted to. Um, even when I was younger, I, I made so, also some other sports and, and, and they never put pressure on myself and, and, and I wish that this freedom is, is, is possible for as many young kids as possible. So thank you so much for, for my parents. Yeah, that's it. I, I don't know anymore what to say. <laughs> so, guys, see you, see you next year. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, that's always good when, you know, obviously put on the spot, maybe mm. not prepared for the speech. You're preparing for the tennis at that point. But Yannick Sinner, he wins the Australian Open men's final. Uh, he won those last three sets, 6-4, 6-4, 6-3. After losing the first two, 6-3, 6-3, Medvedev was well on top. He manages to work his way back. It is conference championship finals today in the NFL. And it's kicked off. As we speak, MC, oh, we are both massive NFL fans. Looking forward to this. The Chiefs, Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. I'm sure Taylor Swift is in the house. Haven't seen uh, any taking... shots of Taylor yet, so it's a bit disappointing. <laughs> uh, what are they doing on broadcast? Oh, no. uh, up against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. That one in the first quarter. That's the AFC Championship game that has kicked off already. And then later today, 10.30 a.m. Sydney time, the Lions take on the 49ers. That's going to be a ripping match. Mm. I, I mean, I'm a 49ers fan, MC. I'm not sure your uh, predictions on these matches, but the Lions, an incredible story. Uh, yeah. So, I'd, okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. What are your predictions this morning? I'm going to go Chiefs 49ers. Okay. What about you? Yeah, I think I think the Ravens might actually get it done, and the 49ers, I'm not, uh, I'm not saying on air that they're not going to win, because yeah. that'll be bad juju. <laughs> <laughs> but the NFL, it's, uh, it's the business end, and it's magic this time of year, American sports. The playoffs all on the line. LeBron James yesterday, a magic game uh, in the NBA as well. So it's all happening. Uh, speaking of the NFL, I, I went and saw Tom Brady yeah, last night. I'm MC. so interested in this. It was... I mean, he, he talked about, you know, it was starting to rattle off. The MC asked him a few questions and he was sitting there and he's like, oh, went through the college stories and the, you know, the high school stuff. And then he goes into, you know, and then I, then I was behind Drew Bledsoe and Drew Bledsoe gets injured. I walk into the game and I said to myself, 
when I walk onto the NFL field, the Patriots ain't ever going to take me off. Mm. And they didn't take me off for 22 years. And then he was like, and then I won the Super Bowl in my first year. And then the second year, we didn't win, but it was a good year. Uh, the third year, I won a Super Bowl. And it was like, and then I won another Super Bowl. <laughs> and another Super Bowl. And another Super Bowl. Uh, it was pretty remarkable. Just to hear it out of the horse's mouth, uh, you know, that's one of those things where once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, um, he told some pretty incredible stories. Um, but just hearing him speak, even just seeing him in person, he's, yeah. he's a really tall. Yeah. Compared to, like, what you might see on a football field or your perceptions. Really tall, but yeah, Tom you're Brady not, in Brisbane not, last night. You're not short, being surrounded by <laughs> that is and, and fast bowlers and the like. Where, where does he stand next to him? What's his body shape like? Yeah, well, he's uh, still in good order, mm. uh, and he's he's taller than me, MC. So wow. I'm six foot four and a half, okay, um, just under two meters tall, and he's right there with me. Um, and there were some cool stories last night. So one of them that stood out, um, he was talking about. He's like, oh, you know what? I don't want to name drop. And then he was like, I had dinner with Michael Jordan five days ago. And the, the MC was like, <laughs> and the whole room like was cracking themselves laughing, uh, thinking to ourselves. And then he was like, you know what? That's actually probably the biggest name drop you can do. Yeah. <laughs> and I was sitting yeah. across the table from Michael Jordan thinking to myself, oh my God, that's Michael Jordan. Yeah. Like I'm mates with this guy, but like he was my idol. Um, and he said that out of this, he was telling a story about he came out of his shoe deal when he was retiring from the NFL. And he said to himself and a few of his mates, including his agent, I need to up my sneaker game. Okay. I really, you know, I've got to up my sneaker game. I'm, you know, that old dad, I don't look cool enough. Sneakers is one thing I can really control. Okay. Uh, so he said that he went and spoke to the guy who were at the pro shop at Jordan's Golf Club because he knew you're obviously going to get in some great Jordans you know, the coolest versions, MJ be looking after the pro shop. So he's like, tell me when you get in the best new styles or the originals and I'll put them aside, ring me, I'll come and buy them. You know, he's not asking for anything special. And then about four hours later, he said, he said, no worries. And then four hours later, he said, mate, I've just, would you believe it, finished a round of golf with MJ. Mm -hmm. And I was telling him about your story and you wanted some shoes. And he's like, I'm actually a size 13 too, would you believe? So I'll hook you up. And then two days later, he's like, I was sitting to myself thinking, I'm going to get like maybe a call to go up and pick a pair of Jordans up. And he's like, arrived at my door, a hundred pairs of Michael Jordan's Jordans. Stop I was it. wanting Jordan shoes. I was going to go and pay for them. But I then had not just Jordans, not just up my sneaker game, but I had Michael Jordan's Jordans in my own house and that for me like you're talking the guy that's won Super Bowls and everything yeah. that was like crazy 100 pairs seriously seems you don't need that many seems shoes seems excessive <laughs> what shoe <laughs> size are you excessive. did you put your hand up for once I made of the MC did the oh, MC yeah. was like well as it turns out I'm a 13 too he's <laughs> like, and Brady Brady's response was great he was like straight away off the cuff he's like damn you better get yourself a good friend there because <laughs> you ain't getting shoes from me uh, but it was cool that some of the athletes in the room yeah. so Luke Hodge was on stage first um, obviously AFL legend um, and he was talking to Reese Walsh and Lockie Neal um, Lo Lockie Neal was great talking he came up as basically the the start of the night um, and, and got up and told some cool stories. But Reese Walsh, after the whole Tom Brady chat, Reese Walsh, and this is, you've probably seen it online. If you haven't, jump online. It's it, the, everyone that was there last night was posting about it. 
Volkanovski caught a pass from Tom Brady on Saturday in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, Reese Walsh, there was sort of after the VIP tables, there was a, a walkway before the rest of the, the seating, about 40 metres from the stage, and it ran the entire breadth of the, the room that we were in. There was a couple of thousand people there. And he said, righto, line up on the left, I'll call hut, you run laterally, and I'll throw it from the stage, and let's see if you can catch it. And if you can catch it, I'm going to give you a sign ball. So Reese Walsh, <laughs> he starts on the far left of uh, the room, and he says hut, sprints, he hits him flush on the chest. Reese Walsh makes a great, like, a genuine catch, like he's catching it on the wing for the Broncos. Yeah. Uh, and, and goes and uh, does a gronk spike in the corner <laughs> of the room. It was pretty magic to watch. Just so talking, the stories and stuff from Tom Brady, but then we actually, in the flesh, get to see him let rip a few passes. And Reese Walsh got to catch one of them. There was a, a kid, a 12-year-old, that was you know, part of an auction item. He got to catch a few balls from Brady as well. Pretty magic just to be in the in the presence of a guy with that sort of aura and life story. Did he touch on um, Bill Belichick and you know his departure from the Patriots or anything like that, or was that all off limits? Oh, it it must have been off limits. I mean, that was one level of disappointment I had was the MC really didn't probe in, okay. really didn't ask any difficult questions, um, and. Like, we got a few anecdotal stories about it, uh, the career along the way, but it was very much about lessons learnt, uh, how to stay ready and be ready rather than okay. complain about not getting opportunities, things like that. So, no, we didn't get any little nuggets of gold that aren't public consumption knowledge. Um, but, yeah, it was so cool. Just to, after the day that we'd had, mm. we're getting into a situation where We'd seen one of the great test match finishes. We get in a cab five minutes later, yeah. and then we're sitting with Tom Brady. Then yeah. you come home and you get Yannick Sinner overturning you know, a, an unbelievable comeback um, in the, the, the tennis. So and you get crazy. to sit here and do breakfast with me the next day, on par. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's up there. <laughs> three I don't know even three bucket list items. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Exactly. And I'm sure everyone, uh, those of you listening, uh, this is you know, bucket list stuff <laughs> up there with Tom Brady as well. Uh, what about, uh, speaking of legends, this actually shocked me a bit on the weekend, was Jurgen Klopp announcing that he's stepping down as the Liverpool manager. Before we chat about it, let's take a listen. I can understand that it's a shock for a lot of people in this moment when you hear it the first time, and but obviously I can explain it, or at least try. I, I love absolutely everything about this club. I love everything about the city. I love everything about our supporters. I love the team, love the staff, love everything. That I still take this decision probably will or shows you that I'm convinced it's the one I have to take. It is that I'm running out of energy. I have no problem now, obviously. I think I, I, I know it already for, for longer, but I um, know that I cannot do the job again and again and again and again. And after all the years we had together and after all the time we spent together and after all the things we went through together, the respect grew for you, the love grew for you, and the least thing I owe you is the truth. And that's the truth. And that is the truth. Uh, MC, it was a bit of a shock, but firstly, a reflection on Jurgen Klopp, the manager, from my point of view. Charisma, uh, his energy on the sideline, and the success that Liverpool had uh, as soon as he walked in that building. 
Uh, he energised fans. He got the best out of players, and uh, we we're all better for having had him in the EPL for so long. And, and you mentioned the word fans there, Copes, and that was probably the thing that stood out for me was the reaction, the sadness, and even grief um, yeah. that poured out from Liverpool fans as we sort of woke up to to that news. I think on Sunday morning, maybe, um, yep. and and just reading some of the comments and seeing their reaction and. and you know, how much um, he's meant to, to the fans, to the club and um, to that organisation. So massive hole, massive void now to yeah. to see who, who scrambles for that position. Yeah, absolutely. And just in the NFL update, you would have uh, planned this. This is coming. 7-0 to mm. the Kansas City Chiefs. Pat Mahomes to Travis Kelsey. An early touchdown for the Chiefs in the NFL, the AFC Championship game underway against Baltimore. Now, time for your own segment. You come on the show, you demand that you have your own segment. Yes. Um, in the production meetings, you're like, no. Part of my Trent, deal No, here. we can't do this. No, yeah. we can't do that. I need to talk about players under pressure. Yeah. We've done a few. You kicked it off last week. Yeah. Who have we got today? That, in terms of teams, who are we talking about? And then let's kick it off with your first one. We're going to talk, we're gonna talk Titans and Manly. Um, okay. So two sides that didn't make the top eight last year. Um, one side in Manly, I've got huge hopes for this year. And another side yep. in the Titans who have got a new a new coach who knows what success is in, in Des Hasler. And um, so we'll start with the Titans. And one of the the most interesting moves that Des Hasler has made already in the offseason is to switch AJ Brimson. Um, yep. AJ Brimson's going to start in the centers, having had such a, an impact at, at fullback. And one of the criticisms criticisms around Justin Holbrook last year was the failure, I guess, of um, or the inability to have Jaden Campbell, um, Kieran Four, and, and AJ Brimson all on the field at the one time and, and having an impact because they need Brimson um, and Campbell on the field performing. But Brimson, yeah, it's a really interesting move for him. He's not the biggest player, so it's going to be Interesting to see how he how he plays at centre. Will he have that roaming role? Um, you know, at his best, he's an Origin player. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, he, he'd need a few injuries now because he's gone behind the Ponger and Reese Walsh and, and those sort of guys. But you know, potential off the bench if there's a few injuries, you know, in the lead up to that series. But um, if that centre position doesn't work, you know, other clubs will be circling and saying, "Mate, we'll give you the number one jersey if that's what you want." Yeah, no uh, doubt. I don't think, and I don't think there's any doubt that he's a very good NRL level fullback mm. and you know at times even potentially an origin level fullback um, but I think it's the right move and you know this is from a fan's perspective certainly not an expert but it just struck me as every time that he or Campbell weren't on the field yeah it was a bad move for the Titans prospects so I think that's where this is coming from no doubt no doubt and I don't know why or you know Tanner Boyd's there you know, he's fine, but, you know, I, I thought the, the solution would have been to play one of them in the halves and four and at seven and probably Campbell or, or, or Brimson at fullback and that's probably an easier way to, to get him in the side. But, um, you know, if he can have some sort of impact at centre, because we know Campbell's going to have an impact and we know Foran's going to still, you know, do his role um, in, in running that side, then, uh, you know, it could turn him into a, an attacking force, the Titans. But, yeah, AJ Brimson, big year for him. Yeah, absolutely. We've got some uh, breaking news here from the Brisbane Eel. My mail 
Wayne will leave the Dolphins halfway during the NRL season to take over from Klopp at Liverpool as Ooh. a long-term option. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Uh, I'd, I'd enjoy the press conferences uh, yeah. Pop and uh, everyone behind Wayne Bennett. Uh, but let's move on to your next player under pressure, mate. And this time, let's talk Manly. Manly, right. So obviously, the easy one there is probably Tom Trevojevic, but Luke Brooks yep. um, is the one yeah. for, for me because he arrives with expectation, but a different type of expectation that's been on his shoulders at the West Tigers. At the West Tigers, he was their million-dollar player. When everyone abandoned ship, he was the guy still there. Um he was a guy entrusted to try and, and turn that side into a a finals team, and it just didn't happen. He's played 200-odd games and hasn't played finals footy yet um, for, for Luke Brooks. But he arrives at Manly in a completely different role. You know, he's got Daly Cherry Evans inside of him, you know, still amongst the top two halves in the game. You know, Nathan Cleary one, Daly Cherry Evans two for mine in, in terms of number sevens. You've got Tom Trevojevic out the back. You've got that forward pack, and Luke will, will probably uh, has arrived there at preseason and gone, "Wow, what have I been missing out on for the last decade with that caliber <laughs> of play inside and out?" And you know, his greatest strength is his running game. He's just not a strong voice, Luke Brooks. So when he was entrusted to to lead that side, it just didn't work because that's not his nature, that's not his demeanor. Um, but mm. now unshackled um, and away from the pressure, I guess, of being the main man. I think he can he can really thrive and the Cherry Evans Brooks combination and, and Tom Trevojevic and Lockie Croker does a, a really good job for them at nine as well probably a bit underrated un, understated his role but you know if he can just provide clean service and you've got those guys you've got Schuster and Olakawatu and Cooler and Saab and Garrick I think there's a huge amount of points in in Manly and I think Luke Brooks can have a a cracking year and could you know, make a case to be the buyer of the year, which would be a total frustration for every single West Tigers fan who have put up with <laughs> subpar performances from him for the last couple of years. Yeah, it's a really good one that you've highlighted there. And uh, it's, as you said, it strikes as the kind of guy that could come in and particularly during the origin phase where Cherry Evans yeah. is away playing representative football <laughs> and they need someone to lead the charge so you're not dropping games. Mm. And in the absence of, you know, others through injury, if it, heaven forbid, something happens to Tom, can take that extra responsibility, knows how to lead a team. Yeah. But you would expect that he can also play really good second fiddle. Yeah. And you're thinking left side only, Cherry Evans right side, or do you think it'll be a bit of a, a mesh between the two? I, I think, I hope the way Manly plays that they've got a lot of players on the ball because... I think we've got to, obviously Tom Trevojevic's got to play both sides. I think Cooler's got to play both sides as well if they're going to try and get him in the game because we saw the back end of the year when he was playing at fullback, how dynamic he, he can be. So if they have those players playing on both sides of the field with Olokowato and hopefully a, a, a fit and firing Schuster on, e on either edge as their pillars, I think that's scary. I think there's, there's some genuine attacking threat there from the Seagulls. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's your players under pressure. MC running his own segments. Love <laughs> this. Love this. Uh, and those two, AJ Brimson and Luke Brooks, under pressure, no doubt. You can have your say this morning. Our open line is one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. The lines are open. We'd love to hear from you. We're here for Brighton's lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Brighton's lawyers.